0: This morning's reading comes from Hebrews chapter 8, and it can be found on page 1206 in the Church Bibles. Hebrews chapter 8. Now the main point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices, and so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow, Of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors, when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God. And they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbors or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete, And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. Thank you, Steve.
1: Excellent. If you've got a Bible, keep that open on page 12, 1206 of the Church Bibles. Um, I wonder if uh, anyone here is a Bake Off fan, non-Bake Off fans? Yeah, a few. Uh, I don't know particularly if you watch kind of Bake Off and the, kind of the extra slice, the bit kind of happens afterwards. And on the extra slice, uh, they, they inevitably get people to send in uh, photos of cakes they've made. Um, so I've got a, a few little ones here. So uh, here's a kind of one if you wanted Ariel, a little princess. How would you feel if, uh, if this turned up for you? Just, <laughs> I don't know, quite know. Uh, or, or maybe another princess room, Belle. Another one there, look. That's a delightful little princess. This is a personal favourite, I think. Yeah, big birds. This is actually quite scary. It looks a bit like they've just cut off his head and put it in a jar and just <laughs> and going on. Uh, and then we've got oh, hedge. This, this is not a picture. This is someone trying to make uh, that sort of chocolate hedgehog cake. And they ended up making something out of alien. <laughs> uh, now, here, this is it. The, the last one. This is the other way around. Um, so here's a, a cake for you. I wonder if you know who that is. There is a clue in the picture if you've got very good eyesight. It is, of course, the old Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern, recently married. It's an identical lookalike. I think you agree. Um, Okay, uh, why have we just sort of done that? Well, uh, last week we saw that Jesus was greater than the priesthood, uh, and today uh, we're going to see that actually that what Jesus brings is uh, not simply a greater priest. Uh, he's somebody who brings in a new covenant. Uh, he is, if you will, the real deal. He's not somebody who's an imitation. Uh, he's not somebody who's a forerunner. Uh, he's not somebody who's a copy. He is the real deal. Uh, he's the one uh, who serves in the true temple. He's not a knockoff or a substitute. He's not a poor uh, cake that's been made. He's absolutely the real thing. So, with that in mind, uh, let's uh, pray uh, as we begin. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, for Jesus. Thank you that we get to look in his word today. Uh, and we pray that even though perhaps some of these truths will be familiar, Lord, we pray that you would bring a freshness and a joy to them, to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we said last week, uh, chapter 7, Jesus established the fact that, uh, sorry, the writer of Hebrews established the fact that Jesus was greater than the Levitical priesthood. So what's he doing now? Well verses 1 and 2. Now, the main point of what I'm saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Jesus is serving in the heavenly tabernacle. Now, uh, the tabernacle, uh, we have to kind of go back and put our, our, our memory hats on from when we looked at Exodus. Uh, and we can jump back to uh, September the 10th uh, of last year, uh, where Nick was preaching. So from Exodus chapter 25, you can go look it up on YouTube uh, to hear the whole sermon. Uh, but preaching about the tabernacle uh, of the way that, that the Lord was able to be with his people. Uh, the way that he's able to... to, to to be present with them as they wander around the wilderness. Uh, that is how the Lord was able uh, to be of his people. But what we have to remember is, is that uh, God didn't sort of create this and think, you know what, that is a really good idea I've come up with. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to copy it uh, and use it kind of later on in heaven. No, it's the other way around. Uh, just look at chapter, five, uh, verse, chapter 8, verse 5. They, were, they said that sanctuary, this is a copy and a shadow of what heaven is. That's a key bit. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. It wasn't as if Moses kind of created this thing and thought, well, that's quite good, I'm going to nick that. No, God told Moses exactly what to do. Uh, Because it was uh, both a means of of meeting God, but also it was a message about him. It was a message uh, about him. It it was describing, uh, pointing forward to a truer uh, and greater reality. Pointing forward to a a tabernacle uh, in heaven uh, where Jesus is serving now. So why is Jesus serving in the heavenly tabernacle better? Well, firstly, uh, because of its uh, location. So the tabernacle, of course, is a a physical place. It's limited to an individual location. Uh, So Jesus at the moment is not somewhere in the Middle East serving in a tabernacle. He's in heaven. Jesus right? now is interceding for you at the throne room of God. I mean, just think about it. It, If you want to go see the King of England, where do you go? you, you, You don't go to the British Embassy. You go to Buckingham Palace. The location of where Jesus is, is he is in the throne room of heaven interceding for you and for me he's a superior priest uh, mediating a, a superior covenant because he's in the heavenly tabernacle but also he has a a better ministry he's not a, an ordinary priest let just have a look at verse 4 if he were on earth he would not be a priest for they're already a priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. Just think back to Jesus' earthly ministry. At no point he went to the temple, but at no point did he go into the center of the temple, to the Holy of Holies. The places where only you know, the high priest went once a year. He could have done. He could have literally walked on straight in. But he never did. Because he's a different sort of priest. I and mean, we, we saw that last week in chapter 7. He's a different order of priest uh, entirely. Uh, but he also uh, brings a different offering. Uh, just If you've got a Bible, just glance up at uh, the previous chapter uh, and particularly look at verse 27 of chapter 7. It says, unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day first for his own sins, and then for the sins of the people, he sacrificed for sins once for all when he offered himself. Verse four, chapter eight, the priests are offering uh, sacrifices according to the law. Uh, Chapter seven, verse 27, Jesus offers himself. Jesus is a completely different sort of priest with a a, a completely different new sacrifice. Uh, Therefore, he is a a better mediator, a better interceding of a better covenant. Um, Covenant is a a funny word. Uh, What does it mean? Uh, Well, a covenant is a a, a binding relationship between two parties. It's a binding relationship which is formed by uh, making promises, and giving signs, and it's a relationship that has uh, sort of various obligations and commitments from various parties. So for example, uh, just think of a marriage. You know, two people, two parties come together, they publicly make promises, they exchange signs, they give a ring, and they promise obligations and commitments to one another. They promise to be faithful to one another. A marriage is a covenant. Well, God relates to his people through covenants, through this way of, of uh, making promises. And in the Bible, there are uh, five uh, main covenants. Uh, the first uh, is with Noah. Now, this ick kind of words they all kind of have ick at the end. That always means kind of with. So Noah, ick just means with Noah. Uh, and you might remember, think of Noah, you think, when did Noah get a covenant? Do you remember the, the rainbow? I promise to never flood the land again. In that promise, actually, everything's on God. He completely promises with them, look, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do this again. There's nothing that Noah uh, has to do. Uh, the second, the Abrahamic with Abraham, chapter 12, I'm going to make you a great people, a blessing, a land. And he calls Abraham to follow him. So if you, if you follow me, uh, you will have more descendants than sand on the shore. You'll have your own land. You're, 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 you know, all people will be blessed through you. Um, at the Mosaic Covenant, which isn't you know, this. It's with Moses. Um, Mosaic Covenant. Uh, where he says, look, uh, if, you bless, if you follow the law, you will be blessed. If you don't follow the law, you, you'll face the curses of not following the law. He came and gave that. And that's kind of where we see that the Ten Commandments, that's Mosaic, that's with Moses, but it's really with all of God's people. Uh, and then uh, fourthly, the Davidic covenant with David. Uh, he says, look, David, I'm going to make you great. Uh, you'll, a king will come from your line who will reign forever. If you, you know, remain faithful with me and keep my covenant laws that we've kind of. Would have looked at in Moses. And each of those covenants sort of build on each other. But uh, really, um, what the author of the Hebrews has in mind here is primarily that the Mosaic covenant, Uh, that's really what he's kind of focusing in on uh, and talking about when he talks about uh, the old covenant, or the first covenant, as it says there in verse 7. And let's just be clear that there's nothing wrong with that covenant. It's not a bad covenant. It's just limited in what it can do. It it was a way, it was a real, genuine way for God's people to be forgiven. But it, it was only pointing toward that way. It wasn't actually forgiving them. The blood of lambs and bulls cannot forgive sin. Uh, But it was pointing forward. It was telling people, look, you've got a problem, you need to be made right, and this is kind of the the way of doing it, to point you forward to the true sacrifice of Jesus. So it wasn't necessarily that the covenant themselves were bad, uh, but the problem was sort of twofold. Uh, The first was that it just was a model. Like our cakes are kind of models of what they were trying to do. It was a model. It wasn't the real thing. It was never intended to actually forgive sins. It cannot do that. It was pointing forward to those who have faith in Jesus, where only sins can be accomplished. But the second reason uh, was sort of verse eight. God found fault with the people. It was the people. Uh, the people kept breaking it. It was a bit like uh, God said, look, um, Here's a kind of a, a covenant. Uh, just to, if you sign your name here, then you, you're agreeing to kind of, you know, follow the, the laws and everything. They go, yeah, brilliant, let me do that. They just signs the name and go, yeah, I've signed it all there. Brilliant, God. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to, you know, we're going we're to be great. But then they just kind of went, oh, actually, you know what? I don't want to do that. And they, the people were the problem. The people said, look, we're going to follow you, God. We're going to do this they just kept breaking it. They just kept going against what they said. Now, at this point, if I was God, I don't know about you, I'd be thinking, look, these people, I've I've given them so many chances, like chance after chance after chance, blessing after blessing after blessing. It's like, look, you, I've given you so many chances. You've made your bed now. You can lie in it. I'm done. But it's good that I'm not God for lots of reasons. No. Our God is Relentless. Relentless in seeking to come for his people to bless them and forgive them, they turn our backs, we turn our backs, and God still comes after them, saying, Look, I want to bless you, I want to forgive you. Uh, so, we get this verses 8 and 9, and all, all this little section here. You can see at the bottom there's a little C at the end of verse 12, and you take to C and it says Jeremiah 31 to 30, 31, 31 to 34. It's a quotation from the book of Jeremiah. This isn't kind of something that God is putting retrospectively in. This is in uh, before Jesus came. This is, what he got, this, is, this is what God says, I am going to do. Verse 8 The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. Because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and turned away from them, declares the Lord. This covenant will not be the same, it will be different. So, what's different? Well, verse 10 this is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. God's law is not written on a stone tablet out there. God's law is written on our hearts. God's Spirit puts his law on our hearts. And that doesn't simply mean that that we know kind of intuitively what is right and wrong. It means that actually that God's Spirit gives us the, the inclination and desire... To do it. It's not a cold stone tablet out there. It's God's spirit writing his own law on our hearts of both what it is, but also the means to do it. Secondly, verse 11. No longer will they teach their their neighbor or say uh, to one another, Know the Lord, because they'll all know me from the least of them. The greatest. No one will say, sort of, where is God? We won't have to go to the temple to meet God, to travel somewhere, to go, well, if you want to know God, go that way. Go there, and you can meet God there. No, it says, today, you can meet God here, now, in the present. Because God, by His Spirit, will inhabit His people. That doesn't mean all people. But it means, uh, all people without exception, but it means all types of people, all ages and stages, all peoples, languages, tribes, tongues, from the least to the greatest, as it says. All will, say, will know the Lord here and now. But there's more. More. God will actually forgive sins. It won't be a model. He will actually do it. Verse 12, for I will re- forgive their sins, I will remember their wickedness. Forget Sorry, I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. God will take a broken, stained, wandering people and fix them clean them, and bring them home. He will actually do it. And so then, of course, verse 13, the old disappear. Why do we need it? The old points forward to the new. And if we have the new, why do we need anything else? Now, this should blow our mind. But I think sometimes our problem is that the new covenant is not new to us. It's literally been around our whole lives. It is the air that we breathe. But that doesn't change the staggering, staggering news of what it means. I mean, the idea that we... We wake up each morning and we know that we're forgiven, that we can read God's word, that we can pray. It just can feel a bit same old. But we must never allow that to happen. We are just the same. We are those broken, lost, wandering people who on our own would turn our back, would throw away the covenant and say, we don't want it either. We're just like the people, God's people, Israel. We're no different. But God enters into our world. He stepped into our today. He became a baby. He lived. He breathed. He showed his life. He died on a cross. He rose again. He ascended in glory for you and for me so that we could be his family. God didn't give up on you. He refused to give up on you. He refused to turn away. So that today, all those that put their faith in Jesus, all those that say, Jesus, you are my Lord. I get things wrong all the time, but you are my Lord. Today, you are forgiven. Today, you are loved. Today, you're home. So enjoy that. Enjoy it. Live like it. Your identity is of a child of God under his new covenant. That's just who you are. Don't forget it ever. Don't ever think that you can earn your way by some sacrifice or offering to make it better. You've already got it. And so day by day, why not wake up and say... Thank you, Lord, that you did not leave me. Broken as I am, you came and found me. Thank you, Lord, that today I'm forgiven, I am loved. And when I go to sleep tonight, that still will not change. So use all the normal graces. Uh, read our Bibles, because that points us towards this Jesus. Uh, pray to, to the Lord, because that's the way by which we can com- commune with him Gather together, as we saw at the beginning. Be a brick, because we need each other. Fill your heart with his goodness and grace. Don't ever let it get dull, because the second you do, it's a bad place to be. And then live for him. Not because you must, but because you may. Because there is no better thing to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus is the guarantor of a better covenant. A covenant which isn't a foreshadow, isn't a pointing, but is the real deal. The one that actually means that we stand here this morning as forgiven sinners, raised to life in Christ as your children. Lord, would you help us to never lose that wonder. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.